0: It's the next episode of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Hi, my name is Dustin.
1: And I'm Lakeisha.
0: And welcome back to the podcast about beer in movies that the internet agrees does exist. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it took a week off, but we're back this week. Really excited to talk about this one. Uh, we went and saw the animated uh, the animated movie from Sony Pictures, Spider-Man
1: into the spider verse
0: currently uh, as of this recording it's sitting at a 97% score on Rotten Tomatoes Wow it and we think it uh, at least for sure I can speak for you here I think we agree that it is deserving of that oh yeah totally. absolutely
1: it's I mean on IMDB it's got a fan rating of an 8.8 which is you know practically unheard of.
0: Yeah, the uh, I actually went through uh, Rotten Tomatoes and uh, like looked uh, at a f- the uh, three or four negative reviews, or at least found a few of them and read them. Right, one definitely of, trolls. One of them is definitely just from a dull British person. <laughs> one of them is clearly written by a white person who prefers his superheroes white. Ah, uh, he cl- he uh, claimed that this movie was clearly pandering to minorities. Okay. Uh, screw that guy, and then another one was like, and "I'll get." I'll mention the other one later because it's insanity. But, okay. Uh, but anyway, we really like this movie. It's really great.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Uh, it is. Uh, it's rated PG, but it's not just for kids. Um, I don't even know. That. I saw a kid in our theater. Oh, I did. Did you? Yeah. Uh, uh, but was before we get into everything we liked about the Into the Spider Verse, uh, we each have a. a cold moth multi beverage that we always have uh, during each podcast. Correct. Uh, I'll go first and tell you about what I'm having. I am having and we've talked about this brewery uh, before from Portland, Oregon, Berelick Brewing Company.
1: hmm Uh
0: Berelick is smaller brewery. Their website says though that they are stubbornly independent and brewer owned. <laughs> Having won the Oregon Beer Awards Brewery of the Year for both 2017 and 2018, I'm having the Arctos. Oh. On the can, it says it's a winter IPA. The website just calls it a winter ale. It says it is designed to fill the void between the big spiced in winter ales of craft beers past and the old reliable West Coast IPA. It is point something percent alcohol by volume 7.3 percent alcohol by volume it is weird
1: it's it's weird
0: yeah because it literally does if you like a lot of winter ales there's a spice to it like a spice flavor yeah and it's like they literally took a spiced winter ale and mixed it with an ipa yeah
1: it's good though i like it I mean, I only had one sip. I don't know how I'd feel after I drank a whole can. Yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's weird, but I, I think I like it too. Uh, winter IPA with spicy, piney, and citrusy hop character in sweet candied malts, according to the can. Uh, so yeah, uh, the Arctos. I've never seen a winter IPA before, so I had to give it a try. Yeah. And it is the winter.
1: That That is true. I think um, regardless of the fact... Of whether or not it's snowing, which uh, sadly it is not in Portland, Oregon right now. Um, It is definitely, you and I are both ready for the winter, Uh, the holidays. uh, Mm -hmm. We are in the holiday season. Um, So yeah, no, I kind of like it. I feel like I need to taste more of it though. So I may reach across during this podcast and just have another sip of yours. Don't worry. right. Um, so I am drinking a beer, uh, also from a brewery that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Widmer Brothers Brewing. Uh, I am drinking their Burr Hoppy Red Ale. Uh, they bill it as a Northwest Red, uh, ale. So, and I would say, uh, more red ales need to be this hoppy. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. <laughs> so we should do more of that. Um So the Widmer, Widmer Brothers are kind of a Northwest staple. yeah. Um, I, they've been around since 1984. Uh, Kurt and Rob Widmer uh, are the brothers who formed this particular brewery. Um, they definitely are probably the most widespread, I would say, in terms of they're just, you know, they, they've definitely gone from a small independent craft brewer to, you know, a large <laughs> yeah. brewery. So, um, And I, I have a soft spot for the Widmer Brothers beer. I would say their Hefeweizen was probably my big step into craft beers mm-hmm. back in the day. And um, so I always think of, you know, a nice hot summer day with a good Widmer Hefeweizen. With, with, with um, a lemon. With a lemon wedge in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now they just go by Hefa. Is all yeah, they're calling it. That's,
0: that's dumb.
1: I don't like that. Yep. Um, but anyway, the Burr is uh, quite good. I like the Burr a lot. It, it It's a seasonal ale, so it only comes out in, usually it hits the um, stores about December, mm-hmm. early December. Um, they describe it as a one-of-a-kind winter warmer. Generously hopped, Burr's citrusy hop aroma and smooth bitterness exemplify the Northwest-style red ale. Um, it is got 50 IBUs and so it's not like the hoppiest beer but it definitely does a good job of um, creating that kind of hoppy bite that i really like in beer mm-hmm. um, it's got a good mix of malty flavors as reds often do um, but a lot of time the malt gets a little overwhelming in these things for me and it, uh-huh. they're almost too sweet uh, but this, the the bite of the hops really uh, kind of cuts the sweetness of the malt. Um, and there is a little little citrusy taste there. Yeah. So I really like this beer. It's one of my favorite winters.
0: Yeah, I've always liked it too. And I want to say that in the past, they've actually called it a winter ale. Like they are the Calling have. it a hoppy red, I feel, is new.
1: That is entirely true. Many I many. have no idea. I could not give that any sense of... Don't know (laughs) Okay
0: That's fine Alright So uh, This week's movie uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Yes uh, Super fun Mm -hmm. Super fun Uh, I I think we really uh, An additional Bit of enjoyment Because um, You know A lot of this movie Is pulled from a bunch Of different comic book runs Some of which From people we've met before Correct So it's really cool um I don't even know how to really summarize it. Um
1: Yeah, it's basically um I think what it is is it is it's a Miles Morales origin, you know, as Spider-Man. It's it's his, his origin. origin story. Mm-hmm. But during that journey, it pays homage to many of the other Spider-Man yeah. that have been written about. Were mentioned about in other comic books and then there is the the comic book run of the spider-verse mm-hmm. right I mean I guess there's multiple runs of that but um, so I think it just does a great job of kind of honoring the other spider-man uh, runs that have mm-hmm. been done while telling a Miles Morales story
0: spider-men's spiders men I'm not too sure what the correct way to go on that is yeah but it's spider tele- heroes I guess because yeah. you got Gwen yeah so uh the ultimate universe is one in the comics is the universe that miles comes from mm-hmm. uh, just a quick um in that universe Peter Parker was spider-man but he ends up dying right He's very young in the comics he dies quite young and miles gets bitten by a spider about that time and ends up becoming the spider-man of the ultimate universe this is a retelling of that origin story differently, mm-hmm. uh, but not co- all the way differently. And then also pulls in Spider-Men, Spider-Men's, Spider-Characters from other universes. Right. To save the day. Correct. A lot of fun. I
1: think that's what I said. Okay. And all of, both of our versions mm-hmm. are true. That's true. Because it's a multiverse.
0: Okay. So, uh... We've each come up with three of our favorite things about uh, the movie. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, if you uh, haven't listened to us before, we don't hold back on plot details when we're discussing a movie. Right. Uh, we haven't shared our three favorite things with each other until this recording. And uh, I will go first. Correct. And this was so, there are so many things. I know. So many things. Uh, the first thing I'm going to go with uh, is just The animation.
1: Yeah, that was good.
0: Um, And it is so inventive because they do so many things. And it's all just beautiful. I could just watch it with the sound off, I think. And just be mesmerized at what they've done. Apparently, Sony is actually applying for patents for the animation process that they used in making this movie. One review that I read referred to this as a state-of-the-art film with retro accents. Which I think is... Perfect.
1: I think that's very accurate. Yeah.
0: Because one thing I really noticed uh, from the beginning is if you look on kind of in the in the background, there's like this, there's like these dots you can faintly see on on the back of the animation that make it look like it's an old printed page. Mm -hmm. It's like a texture that they use that is always there. And I looked it up. uh, Those that is referred to as. and It was a printing technique that's been uh, used going off as far back as 1879. Uh, the I lost it already, but that's what they used, and that's what they used to use in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, the dots in the background texturing a technique dating, like I already said, that um, the the dots would either be widely spaced or overlapping, depending on the image you want to produce. But that they use that to make it look like a comic, book. a comic book that's moving, mm-hmm. but yet has all these just like. Super, like like neons, uh, like when the the villain, the prowler shows up, the right. purple lighting of his gizmos as they flash as he zooms around, it's just brilliant, you know, and like the neons. Uh, when they show you get a fl- you get a glimpse of the different universes that the spider characters come from. And the animation for each of them is a little different because one of them is like an anime character. One of them is a Saturday morning cartoon character, essentially. Right. A Looney Tunes um, character. yeah, um, Peter Porker, the amazing Spider-Ham. Um, and then Spider-Gwen, who I, is going to be a big deal going forward because the, there's going to be more of these, right. apparently. Um, I have the first, I don't know, 15 to 20 issues of the inaugural, of the first run of the Spider-Gwen series uh, by two guys, Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez. I've met Robbie, great artist. and But the, when they made that comic, her universe had a a very definitive color palette. Right. And when they show her universe, it was like that comic what came to life on the screen. It was amazing. I'm I'm so happy for those guys cuz I follow them on social media and they're over the moon that right. this happened. So yeah, this the animation is so brilliant and so beautiful and and it's so cool cuz it's so it's so different than anything I've seen in a long time. It made me think that Pixar Needs to up their game because, um, but reminds me that one of the negative reviews I read on uh, from the Rotten Tomatoes app was someone who thought the animation was sloppy. Huh. I think that person hasn't seen an animated movie in a long time.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that. That's a. I don't know. I mean, I. Well,
0: that sounds like it's coming from someone who last animated film was Snow White.
1: It sounds like it's somebody who didn't see the movie, just didn't want everybody else to like it, so had to throw something in there.
0: I do think that there are some reviewers; some reviews get written um, because someone had made up their mind they weren't going to like a thing before they saw it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's my first thing: just the brilliant, really in, inventive animation that goes throughout. Yeah, the, the movie.
1: I read a rev- um one review where they said, um, "This is what, um, this movie looks like your comic book actually came to life." Mm-hmm. You know, it's what they would want to see, and I thought, yeah, it really does, and and you can see very deliberate, uh, scenes throughout the movie. Where it's very clear like that came directly off of the page yeah of a comic book you know like the there's a one scene you mentioned uh gwen spider Gwen. Mm-hmm. there's a scene where she they go and show her drumming in the band that she's a part mary of mary
0: Jane's, yeah
1: and that is you know there's a a, um, a sequence of her on the drums and i'm like yeah I know that image that image is directly from the comics yep um so it it was cool they did it they did do a good job i would agree Mm -hmm. um so my first thing uh and i have to say this just because i thought they it was a kind of a touching thing and that was um miles's dad Uh jefferson davis um he is played by, um, or his actor is Brian Tyree Henry. Um, he plays a guy called Paperboy in the show Atlanta.
0: Mm. Okay, I know who that is.
1: Yeah, figured you would. Um, he, so he plays a very different character.
0: Yes, he does.
1: In this, uh, in this show. And he's great. He plays such a loving father in this movie. Yes. Um, he, pl- he he does a good job of kind of wrestling with a dad trying to connect with his teenage son. Yeah. You know, just in different ways where they, they kind of fuss at each other and he gets angry with them and he's like, you're going to do this. Um, because his son does not want to go to this uh, private school. You know, this preppy private school. He wants to stay in his home neighborhood up in Brooklyn. Um, and his dad is trying to force him to like, you know, live up to his potential you know there's a great scene where he talks about the spark he sees in miles um he plays an excellent brother you know where he's dealing with the fact that his brother has chosen a life of crime um and he's a cop how do you you know and you can love your brother and still disapprove of his choices and need to try and keep him away from your son yeah um he plays an excellent dad who has to embarrass the crap out of your son, um, where <clears throat> they talk about this in <coughs> the previews, right? <clears throat> where he's getting out of the police car. His dad Yo, has yeah, placed is him in the trailer. police car. Yep. And Miles is getting out. And as Miles gets out, his dad says, I love you, Miles. And his dad goes, yeah, or Miles goes, yeah, I know. And then um, he gets on the... Uh, speaker
0: yeah for his car for For the
1: for the police car and he's like you have to say I love you back and Miles is having just a quintessential teen moment
0: because there are so all the other students are
1: (laughs) right they just stop and watch him and he's just like dad and he's like you have to say it back you have gotta say I love you I love you dad and you can just see you know it's such such an Accurate portrayal of a teen mm-hmm. who's just squirming in the spotlight. He's trying so hard to like be cool, yes. right? And his dad is forcing him to say publicly, "I love you." You know, mm-hmm. and then the moment he's like, "I love you too, Dad," he's like, "Copy that," and he just takes off. But by that time, you know, the damage has been done, and all the kids are laughing. But at the same time, they may have been laughing, but you know that half of those kids were like. You know, in real life, half of those kids would be like, oh, I wish my dad loved me that much. You yeah. know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, you know, and like there's the component where you think, I think part of the reason I thought this was really accurate is it kind of sets it up as even though he's kind of a loving dad and he's a little overprotective with his embarrassing scene of I love you in, mm-hmm. in front of everybody. um He's adamant that his son will do this. He will go to this private school. That's what's, you know, like, so you, they set it up as this conflict, right? Yeah. My dad, like the dad is super strict and unbending and that's why Miles runs to his uncle, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's not the case. Uh, There's a scene where Miles ends up back in the house. It's right after he's seen the real Peter Parker, or that universe's Peter Peter Parker, Parker die. And he's escaped the Prowler, and he's scared. And he gets home, and his dad comes in. You know, they wake up, they come in, and Miles just runs over and hugs him. And he's, he's obviously scared. He's obviously distraught. And rather than having a fit, you know... You know, Miles says, "Can I, I can I stay home here tonight?" Yeah, and his dad just says, "Yes." You know, and it's this super touching moment where you have a dad who who loves his son, is going to push his son, but also is going to see when his son is near his breaking point,
0: uh-huh.
1: and and give his kid what he needs. So I just I loved it. I thought that it was a it was a great portrayal of a dad. Um, and his teenage son struggling to connect, um, and it's in a realistic way. Mm-hmm. And I, and I thought it, it it was funny that you know you have to get that kind of realistic portrayal from a animation. Yeah. So anyway, so that that's where, like uh, Miles's dad.
0: Mm-hmm. He was good. That's my number they one. They do a great the relationship between him, uh, the uncle and Miles is really. Really well, like really honest to the comic too, yeah. Which I really liked. I mean, the the how he gets bitten by the spider is very is pretty different. Mm-hmm. But the but the you know the dad you know this is my my brother, but right. you know, but Miles is still drawn to that element a little bit because he's the cool uncle,
1: right? The and, cool bad boy.
0: Yeah, there's a great scene in the comic where because Miles gets into that school via a lottery system in mm-hmm. the comic, and there's a great scene where they're at that lottery and the parents are stressing. Especially his dad is stressing the hell out. Right. So but they just mention it in the movie, but still I like that. So all right, for my second thing is um just the the big they made a took a the overall story is such a big swing. Um I can just I can just imagine when they're pitching this story to Sony. <laughs> Just all these movie executives just cringing in their seats when they hear the word multiple universes. Right. I can just imagine studio executives saying, no, (laughs) no, let's just make it about the one Spider-Man. Can't we just make it about Peter Parker again? Right. And yet here is this movie that is so wild Mm -hmm. in its storytelling, but yet it doesn't like um, that they were willing to take a chance in telling this. Uh, is incredible. I think because I don't think, especially with this studio, mm-hmm. uh, I was gonna. I, I should have said earlier that, if, that Sony maybe maybe Sony should let the live action Spider Man be handled by Marvel. Marvel and right. you guys can do the animated stuff. How about right. we make that trade? Because I mean, like you get get to a point where like you know, I think. But I think we're all maybe a little tired of origin stories, superhero origin stories. Correct. I mean, I don't need to see Uncle Ben die on screen again. Right. I don't need to see Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot on screen again. Right. But this movie's like, so you're all tired of origin stories? Well, strap in, because we got seven
1: right. origin stories.
0: <laughs> and, but it's so fun how they do it because each time they retell an, or- tell an origin story there's a comic book that co- pops up on stage It right. says so this is how it goes and it flips through and it tells the story of the uh, first Ultimate Universe Spider-Man the one mm-hmm. that's blonde where, right. when you see his face you're like why is he blonde? This right. is Peter Parker and then the whole movie is Miles's origin story but then you get another comic book telling you about the other Peter Parker that they Peter pull in B. Peter Par- B. Parker that they pull in from I don't know if that's supposed to be the regular Marvel Universe or whatever. But then you get one for Spider-Gwen. You get one for Spider-Ham. You mm-hmm. get one for Spider-Man Noir. Right. And then the Penny, Penny Parker. Parker. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, and it's just. And every time it shows up, it's just a different animation. A different visual style. It's upbeat. It's fun. And you're so you're just that they're shoving seven origin stories into one movie. Mm-hmm. is just so funny to me. And just the overall big chance, big gamble that they would take. We'll tell this story. There's no, this isn't a sequel. This is a first movie and a thing that's going to involve multiple universes in which you're going to get introduced to a bunch of normal human animated, but human characters. That's gonna, and, but eventually you're going to get a, you know, a talking pig, <laughs> a character who only exists in black and white an anime character with a robot that is powered by a spider, I don't get how that works. So just it is just a crazy premise that I can imagine just Drove studio executive nuts getting made because normally they're just like dumb it down, you know, regular audience people won't like it, they'll be confused whatever mm-hmm. whatever. And they didn't they as they said, "Let's go nuts," and it's and it's just brilliantly told, uh, and so just the whole the chance they took on the story.
1: Well, I also kind of got the, um, you know, the, the cynic in me kind of gets the impression that Sony was like, sure. We haven't had a lot of luck, so sure. Just go with it. What do you want to do? That's fine. Like, this is our last ditch effort to make it work. You know, like, I don't know if anybody actually listened or if they just kind of said, what have we got to lose at this point? Right? Uh I mean, like I said, I know I'm, I'm, uh, that's probably not how it went, but in my head, Uh that's how I wanted it to go. Um, I also like the fact that when they do do the origin stories, they're quick, they're like two minutes of the movie and they kind of go, and then they just start with, all right, so here's how it goes. Right. And they tell the origin story and they're like, y'all caught up now. Okay, good.
0: Right. You know, here's the, here's the cliff notes version. Yeah. This is what you need. It's the
1: super quick cliff notes version. And then they kind of end with, all right, you're all caught up. Let's, let's keep going. Yeah. And I feel like that, that was an acknowledgement of where we all are with our origin story. Movies, Especially mm-hmm. for characters that are so well-known. Because I think most people just know Peter Parker's origin story now. Do we really? You know, so this Sony kind of did a wink and a nod to that by mm-hmm. saying, we know you all know the origin story. Right. But just in case this is your first comic book movie ever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we'll catch you up, you know? Yeah. So I, I liked it. Um I thought they did a good job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, just, it blew me away that they went that crazy. Because mm-hmm. I can remember when this, that and I heard that they were going to, in addition to the normal Spider-Man movie, and there was, of course, the Venom movie. Well, we're going to make an animated Spider-Man movie too. And I was just like, oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, but it's, it's the best thing they've made. In, I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming's great, but they had help. Mm -hmm. You know So this is the best thing That Sony has done And shout out to Phil Lord and Chris Miller They were the guys Who made the Lego movie That half made Solo Until they got fired Because Star Wars Didn't like them Being creative I guess I don't know Uh, And they were They're the producers On this movie Helped write it Mm -hmm. So uh,
1: Yeah It was It was done Really well Yeah um, and I liked that uh, Brian Michael Bendis was a producer on this film since mm-hmm. he's the one who's responsible for Miles Morales, right?
0: Well, co-creator, yeah co-creator,, yeah. right.
1: So I appreciated uh, that he was given, you know, some creative control. Yes, so. Uh, and that leads me to the second thing, my second favorite thing about this movie, and mm-hmm. that's Miles. Yeah. Um, they did a great portrayal of a teenage boy. Yeah. I mean, he, Kind of one of his first sequences where he's kind of walking down the street, like he as he's heading off to school, and he's kind of high fiving people and he's doing a cool like his cool handshakes and a girl's Mm -hmm. like, hey, we miss you, Miles, and he's like, oh, hey, you miss me, great, and then he like it hits him because he's you know, like, ooh, that girl said she missed me, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But I just like the way that they dealt with him in some very. Kind of crazy situations, you know, so just and then the the moments that are so nonchalant, like his spider bite, you know, they, yeah. they have all this drama of like the spider, you know, landing on him and crawling up his leg and then crawling through his collar and right. then falling off
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: landing on him again and then biting his hand. And, and the like, close
0: up when it bites him, too. Right. And it, it looks, looks like it's all dramatic. Again, yeah.
1: And then it zooms out and Miles just looks at it. And goes, ka and, like, smashes it with his hand. Laps it on it. yeah. And then just walks away like, no big deal. You know, he just mm-hmm. completely blows off the fact that he's just been bitten by a spider. Um, and then he wakes up the next morning, and he thinks it's puberty. Like, his pants won't fit. Right. And, um, and he says it out loud. He's like, this must be puberty. Yeah. And his roommate just looks at him. And then pretends he doesn't hear him. Um, but as he starts kind of going through that morning, that's when you start to see his thoughts in text boxes, mm-hmm. like comic books. Yeah. And even he's like, "Why are my thoughts so loud? Can anybody <laughs> else hear them?" You know. Mm-hmm. And you know, the audience got a good chuckle out of that. Um, and then when he runs into uh, Gwen, who uh, calls herself Gowanda, right. Um, you know, and he's like, "Oh, I'm. I mean, I'm fine. It's just, it's just the puberty. You know, like things you don't mm-hmm. say out loud to cute girls that you like." Um, so I just thought they did a great job of kind of portraying a young, you know, 15 year old boy versus um, th- they're often very adult portrayals of of some of these superheroes, yeah. where they they respond in a way that. I don't know an adult would versus the way a kid would and kind of freak out and be both excited and scared. Um, and then there's a you know and and just watching Miles try and and reconcile his powers and learn how to control them mm-hmm. um, is great. And then he there's a moment where there he's wearing a Spider-Man suit and. He's at the memorial service in the streets, yeah, and for Mary him. Jane uh, is is saying her eulogy for Peter. And uh, you know, as she ends, Miles, you know, who's who realizes he has spider powers, goes, "They're all counting on me." Mm-hmm. And the guy, and the the guy next to him is also in a Spider Man outfit because most mm. of them are, and he's like, "Well, you know." Maybe not you specifically. Yeah,
0: I think it was, I think she means it more like a metaphor, right? Um,
1: and um, and then there's the moment where the prowler almost kills Miles. Right. You know, he's in his outfit, and he pulls up his mask, and he just cries. You know, like Uncle Aaron. And they did this great little. You know, it's it's a short sequence, but the, a very good portrayal of a scared kid who's out of his element,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: who realizes he might die and also realizes that it's his uncle who might be killing him. And so he, you know, like he suddenly realizes that his uncle Aaron may not be quite as cool or as awesome as he thought. Yeah. You know? And so you just, I think the animators did a great job of, of portraying on his face, just a scared kid. He's way out of his depth. So, um, so yeah. And then, and then as Miles takes his leap of faith, um, Mm -hmm. and, and figures out his powers and accepts them, it's just really good. Yeah. So, um, I love what they, I love how they drew Miles. I love how, um, the actor, I think his name is Shamik Moore. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I loved what he did with that character. Um. Just I, I they portrayed accurately for me what a, t- a teen kid. Yeah. So. All
0: right. Well, for um, my last thing, since you took Miles, I will take uh, Peter B. Parker mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. voiced by Jake Johnson. Um, this is this. Sp- so after uh, the first Spider-Man gets killed by the Kingpin in this universe, and there's a sequence with a crazy collider. And this is what pulls all the other people in from the different universes. Right. And it pulls in this Peter B. Parker. And I, I, I want to see this again just so I can see if I could tell if he's meant to be coming from the, the main Marvel universe. What's known as the 616 mm-hmm. universe. Because he is... Well, the Spider-Man you first meet, the blonde one, he's like got a great life. He's like, you know, not only is he Spider-Man, he's good at it, he's in love... You know, with Mary Jane. I think they're married. Um, right. Everything's aces, right? This Spider-Man shows up and he's divorced from Mary Jane. Right. You know, he's got, he hasn't got he has shaved in a while. He's put on a few pounds because he's kind of down on his luck and living in a crappy little apartment and, you know. <laughs>
1: Crying it, in his spider suit in the shower. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and he's just, I mean... Jake Johnson's a really funny guy, uh, and he's great with the dialogue that they give him mm-hmm. as he shows up, and he and Miles meet, and Miles wants him to, you know, show him the ropes, right. like because the previous Spider-Man was going to before he died, and he's initially like, no, probably not going to do that. You know, the, he wear they have him wearing sweatpants, yeah, <laughs> you know, because you can tell he's like, you know, he, he's a little concerned about his figure, as it were. Mm-hmm. And just how uh, I don't know—he's just such a good, you know, not the spy, not the complete heroic Spider-Man you expect. Yeah, um,
1: definitely a little bit more cynical about the world.
0: For sure, for sure, and uh, and I just and um, but still at the end, you know, trying to trying to be the hero, trying to right. do the right thing. The sequence when they're gonna go. To uh, back to the the before the big throwdown at the end, and they're all, and he's gonna make Miles stay behind. Right. And he has him, and Miles is trying to get away from him, and he has him. He, Peter's on the ceiling, and he's holding on to him, holding him up, up, up okay. above the ground. And he said, because Miles has different powers, he has right. like a venom blast he can use. He can turn In camouflage this. himself. And Peter says, then show me wrong. Venom blast me right now on command or turn or turn invisible so you can get by me. Do it and you can go and he can't. Right. And it's just such a I don't know, a really powerful scene as like the the hero that Peter that Peter Parker has been really comes right. forward again. He's like, "This is the right thing. I know you want this, but you are not ready." And webs him into his chair and they're gone. Right. You know, I love that sequence and it perfectly sets up the of course the you know miles getting his shit together sequence right, right? <laughs> but that isn't as fun to watch if peter b parker does a good, a, good job of you know i do don't know putting him in his places in the right phrase but letting him know you know no right i'm the adult here no
1: right almost as if like that's what you know he remembers what it was like to be because they mm-hmm. talk about he's been peter parker or he's been Spider-Man for 22 years. Right. Right? So yeah. he's in... He's like 39 or something like yeah. that. So... Um, 38. And so... It's almost like he kind of remembers like 16-year-old me. You know, what, what allowed me to get ready? Yeah. And you're just not there yet.
0: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Um, and he... I, I also liked his character. He's my honorable mention. Mm-hmm. You know? Was uh, Peter B. Parker. Um... And just, like, so they talk about, he mentions that part of the reason they got a divorce is because Mary Jane wanted kids. Kids. And he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And there's even a point in time where he's, um, he and Miles are working on on something, and Miles is getting it. He's like, yeah, good job, kid. That's great. Wait, do I want kids? You know, just right in the middle of Mm the sequence, which is hilarious. Um, And yeah, you can really see kind of what a traumatized what, uh, that kind of trauma might do to a superhero over mm-hmm. time, you know, that it would maybe cause stress on your yeah. marriage. Um, and that, you know, saving the world again and again and again and again and again at some point in time could be a little exhausting, Yeah, you know, I like that they show him at the top of, uh, one of the big skyscrapers drinking coffee, yeah. you know, <laughs> just having his day, um, and then just
0: his, they are just their, their back, their chemistry back, together, yeah. their back and forth is really great. Mm-hmm. And I love how he's like, he's figuring out the, you know, like the, or he's talking about kind of like the, the tropes of superhero-dom. Like right. there's always a thing. There's always a, a go- he a calls goober. it a goober. There's right. always some sort of science device that does the thing that you know shuts the thing down or does the whatever right we just gotta find that i call <laughs> it a Uber. right yeah there's all sorts of stuff like that 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 he talks about which is really fun mm-hmm. and just yeah and just their chemistry together and and as peter like kind of pieces together okay this isn't my universe but it's similar you know like when he figures out the one doctor the one scientist lady is that is this universe's dr octopus right Is funny
1: right live yeah, yeah. yeah That she, yeah he's like wait do your friends call you? <laughs> call
0: you uh, Doc Ock. She goes, No. My friends call me Liv. My enemies call me Doc Ock. Yeah. Right. Uh,
1: it is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Especially as they're also running down, and, and Miles has gathered both the monitor and the hard drive of yep. the desktop computer. Right. And Peters just picks up the monitor and he's like, Good news. We don't need yeah. that. Right. <laughs> and throws yeah. it away. So yeah, I I think Jake Johnson did a great job. Uh-huh. Um, Peter B. Parker is fantastic. Yeah. So um and that so my number three is is Aunt May. Okay. And there's some great sequences between Peter B. Parker and Aunt May, too. Mm-hmm. But what I like about this universe's Aunt May is that um she's kind of a badass. Mm-hmm. So she's not surprised that all of the spider man have shown up at her house. Like she kind of opens the door and she's like, Oh, it's about time. Like she's expecting them. Um, she ha- like Spider-Man's lair is underneath of her house and she has the password, right? Like yeah. the key. So she can get down there. Um, so it's, it's heavily implied that she is like an active partner mm-hmm. for Peter in terms of um, making his equipment. Because she makes the equipment, the um, web slingers, for Miles. Like, she has made those for him. So you get the impression that this Aunt May is, you know, kind of the Alfred. Uh, you know, like mm-hmm. Batman has Alfred. Yeah. Um, Aunt May is that to Peter Parker, right? And so Peter's got all these suits. Um, she knows about them. She's not surprised. And so... Just that idea that she's not a frail old auntie who is often a victim. She is, in fact, a partner. Yeah. To that process, which I really like. Um, and, uh, like, when she runs into Peter B. Parker and he's just so kind of sad or awe and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like, because his Aunt May has died. Right. Um, and she kind of gets that. Like there's there's almost like a tender moment there where she kind of goes like, okay, you're not my Peter, but I'm still your Aunt May. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, that's really sweet. Um, but then she's like, she's not surprised or scared when the villains crash your house. Yeah. In fact, her statement is, oh, great. It's Liz.
0: Yeah. Like, they've clearly they've met.
1: Yeah. Right? Like she knows her. She's not, like, scared. She joins the battle to fight them off. Yeah. So um, I just think this, this particular Aunt May yeah. is, is a total badass. And I really liked that. I thought, like, okay, that's kind of also cool that they gave Aunt May a different story, you know, a different part to play. Yeah, which I which I like. Yeah, um, and that is voiced by the ever awesome Lily Tomlin.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, the uh, she reminded me a little bit of the Aunt May from the Ultimate Universe, cause I don't think that she was the active partner that they show in this movie, but in the Ultimate Universe, when the original Peter Parker dies, and he dies quite young, he's still a teenager, uh, but she's there when it happens. Because no. he's like this huge, okay. huge fight between like essentially the sinister sticks, you know him and the Green Goblin and Electro, all these guys, and you know he fights them all at once and just doesn't live live through it. But Aunt May pulls a gun and kills one of them oh. at the scene. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I guess we're to our uh, honorable mentions things.
1: Uh yeah. Do you have one?
0: Oh man, how many? I mean, yeah, we can only have? have a couple. So. Um, we already spoke uh, this maybe came up a little bit during when I talked about the animation but we talked about how there are thought bubbles and Mm -hmm. text boxes and there's also there's a lot of that throughout the movie including stuff that displays action like when when they're trying to steal that hard drive or whatever and somebody was it Miles or Peter throws a bagel and it hits a guy in the face (laughs) and instead of there being like a pow or a biff like from the old like Batman TV show it just says Bagel! Right. Like, you know, <laughs> and just stuff like that like ha- happens throughout the movie. The kind of like the, the words that'll pop up, like the onomatopoeia. Right. Like it would in a comic book is really clever and fun. And you got to be looking for it, though, because I'm sure I didn't see all of it. All of it.
1: Yeah. There, there are so many... This is a movie that you definitely need to see it twice. Like, oh, I am yeah. excited for us to go see it again. Mm-hmm. Because, um, yeah, there are all these hilarious moments and um as i said to you earlier i'm laughing at something and i know i missed other funny moments because mm-hmm. i was too busy laughing at the one that just passed you know like they come running out of the they're running away from doc ock right as mm-hmm. they've um, broken into archamax and they're stealing the the hard drive and they run into the lunchroom and during his planning P- you know, Peter Parker has said, like, he's going to steal the, the information and a bagel. Right. Like, I mean, he makes a point of that. And so there's a pause as everybody turns, all of the scientists turn and look at them. And Peter Parker has to reach over very nonchalantly and grab a bagel. Yeah. Right? And then they all, all of the scientists pull out ray guns yeah, like they all pull out different the
0: evil scientist cafeteria total evil
1: scientist cafeteria and as they run they, one of them goes he stole a Whoops. bagel like, yeah. <laughs> like that's the big deal mm-hmm. and that's why they're chasing them yeah um yeah it's a it's it's a good there's a lot yeah. of good moments like that
0: yeah i like uh they actually show one particular just one Thing I want to see when we go see it again, they show like after the collider thing happens and it pulls in everybody from the different universes. There's actually like a little map, and it shows because Marvel has a system to like numerically identify each alternate universe of so comics. So the Ultimate Universe is sixteen ten, which is where this takes place, and th- there's a map that essentially shows where they pulled everybody from. And mm-hmm. like, so I remember uh, Spider Gwen is, is Universe sixty five, right? And I forget that how numerically how they do it. Um, it has to do with the month and year that the character was created, uh, but anyway. But I didn't see it all. Right. I really want to see where Peter B. Parker comes from, if that's the six one six main Marvel universe or something else. Mm-hmm. But I think that's so awesome that they threw that in there, Right. because that is a that is a super nerd thing. <laughs> um, I love I love. Sp- uh, he's, he doesn't have a ton to do in it, but Spider-Man Noir is, is fantastic. So hilarious when he is introduced because he's black and white trench coat, right. goggles.
1: He has wind even yes. when he's standing still They're, to
0: flap his cloak. Because uh, Miles and Peter meet them in the underground base of the original Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and they all like kind of come down from the ceiling, and, and he's like, you know, and yeah, his trench coat is blowing in the wind, and someone has, and Miles is like why is this trench coat? We're inside. There's no wind in here. (laughs) Right. And at one point, he's like, they're like all questioning Miles, you know, like what's he, you know, what has he done? What can he do? And Spider-Man Noir, because he's a Noir character, have you ever held a match and let the flame burn down to your fingers so you could feel anything?
1: Right. (laughs) And everyone (laughs) kind of stops and looks (laughs) at him a little weird.
0: It is. That line, for whatever reason, that line right there killed me. I love it when love he has that. he
1: has a Rubik's cube. And yes. he's examining the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. And like he's in entirely black and white and he's looking at this colorful Rubik's cube and he's like, is that purple? No. And, you know, <laughs> and Spider Ham's like, no. no. And then when he gets ready to leave, he grabs the Rubik's cube and he's like, I'm taking this, this with me. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like somehow it's a statement. And every one of his statements is so Dramatic, yes. like it's so film noir, right? Yeah. Like, I'm taking this with me.
0: And uh, voiced incredibly by Nicolas Cage, right? Unrecognizably so. Well, it, I didn't know, I didn't recognize it was him.
1: I knew the voice. I'm like, but again, it's one of those things where I was like, I, I know the voice, mm-hmm. but it's like it's slipping out of my grasp. Like, it yeah. wasn't noticeably him. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, he did a, he did a a great job. Um, so, well, Spider-Man Noir was one of my, um, one of my shout outs. Uh Um, I would also have to say, um... Like, I thought Wilson, they did a great job with Kingpin Wilson mm-hmm. Fisk.
0: So massive. Right? Yeah. yeah,
1: that he's massive and that his blow is, you know, he's the one who kills Peter Parker. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and then he's even kind of given, though, a, a slightly sympathetic origin story. Yeah, you know, that's why another does thing he, that's really great. Why does he hate Peter Parker so much? Mm-hmm. Why is he even building the super collider, right? right? And it's all designed to get back his wife and son because... They do a, a short montage and explaining, you know, that he and Spider-Man are fighting, uh, are battling it out, and he is pounding Peter Parker to a pulp. And his wife and son walk in, mm-hmm. and they're so horrified by him that they flee. And while driving away, she struck. They're struck and killed by a, a by, yeah. by a different vehicle. Yeah, and so it's like this tragic accident. But he built. He's building the super collider to find his wife and child from a different
0: universe universe you mm-hmm. know so that he
1: can be with them yeah so you kind of get this like sympathetic villain story yeah um i mean not not that sympathetic like we started out watching him kill that universe as peter parker <laughs> yeah yep. um but i thought they did a, just a great job with the villains like the prowler is super creepy mm-hmm. and he has some great action sequences yeah the um, the
0: sound that accompanies the prowler yes. really makes it. I think it's very very, very spe- spooky and very good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and then I just we have to give a shout out to to Spider Gwen. Yeah. Um, Gwen is Gwen Stacy is great. Mm-hmm. Um, her origin story is 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 interesting and worth like taking a moment because. Everybody else loses their a loved one, like their uncle, their dad. I Um, like I
0: like that in just in general mm -hmm. that they really pointed out there was real loss Mm -hmm. in this PG-rated movie. Right. You know, everybody pointed out all the spider when they're talking to Miles. You know, for me it was this person. For me it was this person. Miles loses his uncle during the course of the movie. You know, the kingpin. Right. Yeah.
1: And Gwen talks about um, losing her friend. Yeah. You know, her best friend, who's Peter Parker. Parker. And, you know, because in the comics, Peter Parker um, actually becomes the lizard, I believe. Right. Yes. Um, And while battling, um, while Gwen is battling him, you know, he dies. Yes. Um, And so, you know, they give her that moment and she just talks, you know, and, and one of the things I read was, like, if you think about it, she watched her Peter Parker die who is her best friend. Mm-hmm. And she's surrounded by Peter Parker's. She's yes. surrounded by, she's got an adult Peter Parker that she's got to hang with. Um, the Peter Parker, she will have watched that Peter Parker in that universe die because he, she's been there a week. Cause when she shows up, she's thrown also back in time. She's, she's when she, when the super collider, pulls her out of her universe, it pulls her back a week prior, mm-hmm. which means she's got to live through. I thought that was
0: interesting that she yeah. had been there so much longer than every
1: everybody else. Yeah. Um, well, we don't exactly know how long Spider-Man, Noir, and Spider-Ham are there, mm-hmm. um, but but just think about like how tragic is it? You've already had to live with watching your best friend die, and then you also have to watch that universe's Peter Parker. Mm-hmm die you know like so Gwen kind of has a different journey in this movie that when you kind of stop and think about it you kind of go oh ouch you know like that she's she's got to really be struggling with you know oh my gosh I am surrounded by other versions of my best friend yeah you know and then um and then I just like that her and Miles are friends you know, by the end, they're just friends. It's not a...
0: There's a little something more there.
1: Yeah, you definitely get the impression that yeah. Miles has a crush on her. Oh, yeah. Um, But but I like that they left it at friendship. Yeah. You know, that they... Pull... And there had been a previous version where they were, you know, going to be... There was going to be more of an interest in mm-hmm. there. But they took that out and just left it with yeah. friendship.
0: Yeah, the... Um the The universe that Spider-Gwen comes from is called, I just looked it up, it's called Earth-65 because they're referring to the first appearance of Gwen, Sta- Gwen Stacy, which was mm-hmm. in 1965. She was Peter Parker's first girlfriend um, in the original Marvel continuity. And, um, and just a, one of the differences in Universe-65, the reason why Peter Parker becomes the lizard is because he wants to be like spider woman like spider gwen Mm. so he experiments on himself and that's what happens so it's extra information
1: okay
0: (laughs) yeah i love everything you just said about seeing the different versions of the her best friend that she had to fight and essentially kill Mm
1: -hmm. so um yeah so anything that you didn't like
0: no um (laughs) there are things like uh, so like they they just casual mentioning of Miles' roommate at school which is a little bit of a bummer because his roommate in the in the ultimate comics Ganke, is like they're friends super fast and mm. he finds out that miles has these powers almost immediately and is like with it's like essentially like in spider-man homecoming how his friend ned that's kind of the parallel oh, okay yeah which is what i liked about the, the Miles story and how it differed from Peter's is that at least Miles had somebody to talk to, to confide mm. in, who knew the secret, where Peter, you know, forever never did. Right. Um, so, but I don't dislike that. It's just a little bit of a bummer that they had that character in there, but he never says a word, and he's just there in the background. Um, Though the final throwdown at the end, at the super collider, it's so crazy. It it's is. It's almost too crazy. It's There's bizarre. almost too much going on visually to keep, to really keep track of what, what's happening. But, you know, but you know, it's a mild, I mean, I'd rather that they go, at that point I'm rather that they go as as crazy as they can get away with. Than to And they did. Yeah.
1: And they <laughs> did. No. Anything else?
0: Um, I don't think so. Uh, oh, one more honorable mention, though. The phone. When Miles looks in his phone, the name's in his phone. Yeah. Remember that? He had B. Bendis. Mm-hmm. S. Pacelli, who was the other co-creator of Miles. All these other comic book creators that are in it. Or That was cool.
1: Yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, Yeah, I don't know that there's a whole lot in this that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought they did. I thought they did a really good job in just under two hours of telling and showing in some amazing animation a pretty awesome story. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I I mean, I don't I don't have a lot. Anything I do have, it's absolutely going to be nitpicking like yeah you know no tomorrow um i mean i think that it's it, you know obviously it's a miles uh, morales origin story so you know gwen ha- gwen stacy has a big part in it part to play mm-hmm. um but you know there are moments there where you kind of wonder you know about their you know their writing for her um, but you know, like their first encounter where he gets his hand stuck to her hair stuck to her hair mm-hmm. and everything. Um and you're you know, while he's trying to be cool, like his uncle and like hit on her with a hay. Yeah. Um yeah. and but you know, she kinda comes back later when she surprises them outside of Archimax and he looks at her and you know he's like oh i like your hair and she's like you don't get to like my hair yeah. <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> see when he first met her i was almost expecting well this is this universe's gwen stacy she can't be spider gwen right so then he'll meet a, this other gwen stacy and confuse them right but that but that was neat that they made it you no know, i've already been here yeah. like a couple weeks or whatever
1: so. yeah i yeah i've been here for a little while um but i did think that it was kind of a funny um though at first i was kind of like well that that's a little disappointing the classic you know i i'm new to my powers and also trying to awkwardly hit on you and mm-hmm. that's going to make your life miserable but eventually you'll come to like me you know and while she does it's mm-hmm. only in a friendship capacity but then you know when he tries to compliment her compliment her on yeah. the thing he caused yeah. you know she's like no you don't get to like my hair yeah <laughs> so um, yeah no I thought there were great quips quips great jokes great one-liners uh-huh. great um, visual and um, dialogue cues that were specifically thrown towards fans Oh, yeah. Any one of the comic series. Mm-hmm. So if you're a fan of Spider-Gwen, there's a ton of stuff in there for you to, to laugh at and look at and be like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. If you're a fan of Peter Parker or Miles, there's just all of these moments that they provide where if you're not a huge fan, you're still going to enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. But if you are, you kind of get these little nods and winks to your fandom. Yeah. So very well done.
0: Very well done. Incredible movie. I was uh, telling my friend Travis the other day on Facebook, maybe arguably the best Spider-Man movie made.
1: Oh, I think so.
0: Yeah. It's that good.
1: I mean, I yeah, I liked and, I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming, but I would say this one is still better.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, the first two Sam Raimi Spider-Men's is are great mm-hmm. and Homecoming's great, and but this is yeah, this, this is something special. This is the best. Yeah. So. All right, so that's our uh, review on uh, Into the Spider Verse. Correct. Uh, we've we forgot to do it last time, but we usually end the podcast with uh, giving a recommendation. mm mm-hmm. Um, I since the last one we did was the uh, Harry Potter, uh, or Harry Potter, Harry Potter, esque The Crimes of Grindelwald. Right. Um, and having so a magic thing i was going to recommend a magic thing and recommend uh the chilling adventures of sabrina on netflix uh a series which we uh, that we watched in its entirety and i don't i really liked it i think it's great it's um it's you know it's a teen-ish mo- series like if anybody watches riverdale on the cw i haven't actually watched that show but i but it, I'm sure they're similar. But I, but this is darker because yes. because murder happens on this show. Yes, legit murder and uh, and uh, and the words "Praise Satan" are said a lot. <laughs> to us, it was never not funny. It, yeah, it made us laugh every time. Uh, so yeah, it is a really well done, um, darker, teen-ish uh, series. Which is pretty faithful to the comics that I read, that it's based on. So that's that's my uh, recommendation, other than to go read any of the the Spider Runs the yeah. comics that the you know, Spider Verse was based on, because they're all available and cool. All right. But did you have any?
1: So um, so we we watched this, and um, I am going to recommend it, even mm-hmm. though we didn't do a podcast on it. Okay. Um, so, we actually we actually watched two movies that we had talked about wanting to watch. Uh, one of them was a recommendation, mm. um, and that movie was called "Sorry to Bother You." Yeah, and you and I both watched it. Yeah, and I think we got, we both got done. Uh huh. And we were both um, a a little at a loss for words. Yep. 'Cause it is just bizarre. Yes. It starts out kind of as a satire commentary on just, you know
0: Capitalism? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I took from it.
1: Um and then it takes this weird psychedelic trip oh, hard into right turn absolute crazy. Yes. Um and I mean there's there's
0: there's a science fiction add um portion that comes in at the very end that I didn't see coming.
1: Yeah. It, there's um weird horsemen or I mean they actually have a name. I forget what it's called. It's like they're
0: equo yeah.
1: Equisapiens is what they are. Human
0: uh, horse hybrids. Yeah. Yeah, and you see them, all of them. Yes, yes. From head to toe, and everything in between.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they're nude.
0: Yes. Uh, it's, wow.
1: So, um, yeah. So it's just, it's just weird. Um, I do think you know it. If you're it, if you like bizarre things, totally should go see it. Yeah. Um it has a great a uh, couple of great performances by um Tessa Thompson mm. um who's in it who's who's really funny and really good. Um Steven Yeun who is oh, from
0: Walk, of Walking Dead yeah, fame. He is Glenn He's solid in it. of Walking yep.
1: Dead. He's pretty good. Um Army Hammer is tripped out and crazy in yeah. this movie. Um, and then the lead character, Cassius Green, is played by um, Lakeith Stanfield. Yes. Who, and he does a good job playing kind of a... I don't know. He starts out kind of as a slacker. Yeah. And then he gets pulled into the capitalism... Telemarketing know. job yeah, that he
0: excel, ends up excelling at.
1: Yes. Um, but anyway, so I, I recommend it just because it's a pretty trippy movie. Um, I still don't know how I feel about it. Same. And I think because neither of us knew what to do with the movie, it was very difficult to do a podcast on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, it's, it's just so strange. Yeah. Oh yeah. But also, uh, shout out to Tessa Thompson's earrings throughout the movie. Those are pretty great. They're pretty. They're pretty spectacular. There's a scene where she does this performance art thing, and what she wears was
1: um indescribable. So anyway, anyway. Uh, so it's it's a recommendation. Uh, thank you, Uncle Dave, for recommending it to us to watch. Yeah. However, we are both s- still a couple of weeks later now, highly perplexed. By what we saw. Yeah. So uh that's why we didn't do a podcaster if you want it. Uh but I definitely think it's always good for us to watch um movies that are definitely outside of our normal Mm -hmm. viewing.
0: Yeah. I I when I was trying to think of my three favorite things, I couldn't the one thing I knew I would say is that a movie that nuts got made. Right. I mean I think it's and even though I don't know if I liked it or not, I am happy that something that out there,
1: yeah was made was
0: given money and was produced and got put into theaters. Right. I think that's a good thing.:
1: I agree. Yeah, I mean, I am glad because I definitely think um, having that kind of having a variety of movies get made is, mm-hmm. I think, essential to the arts world. Yeah. You know, like, if you only fall into the blockbuster trap, things get stale really fast and you can't be creative. Um, this is definitely a creative movie.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so, I mean, shout out to Boots Riley, the writer yeah. and director. Um, so, but yeah, just... There's there's my recommendation. Um, if you are into bizarre kind of arts movies, um, you should see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that exact same reason, I would recommend Just... that people go see the one of the other movies that we watched, which was Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World.
0: Oh, I love that movie!
1: It is a gr- it is a hilarious movie. Um, it is Scott Pilgrim and the seven seven evil Exes um again a bizarre movie Mm -hmm. very funny but weird right yeah and you kind of have to like um retro video games before it really makes sense yeah um so anyway so if you haven't seen scott pilgrim versus the world you should um, if you're looking for a, an interesting movie to really kind of both blow your mind and provoke that, sorry to bother you. Yeah. Um. Those are my recommendations.
0: Yeah. Scott Pilgrim also based on a series of comics. I, I did record. know that. Yeah. All right. Well, one last thing I wanted to mention: Spider-related, because we mentioned all these other comic book writers and stuff. The one, well, I forgot to mention one: the guy who wrote this comic event. Uh, the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. which, you know, this movie doesn't exist if they don't do that, because that series is where Spider-Gwen came from, and I think, where Spider-Man Noir came from, too. Right, they, and Spider-Ham. Uh, no, Spider-Ham existed before that. Okay. I can remember reading him when I was a kid. Uh, but they did use him in it. Uh, but uh, Dan slot and he wrote Spider-Man, his run on Spider-Man went a long time. He, was on, he wrote Spider-Man longer than Stan Lee did. Wow. When it was all said and done, he's not doing it anymore. He moved on to Fantastic Four, but he wrote Spider Verse, and this movie doesn't exist without that event happening. So, shout out to Dan Slott, and that'll be it, I think.
1: Yeah, on that—that's a great note to end on.
0: Yeah, and uh, so until next week, when we're going to uh, jump into the ocean, right? And we saw—actually, we've already seen it. We've seen Aquaman.
1: Right. We got into an advance screening, so yes. we got to see it with a. Uh, A theater full of people Mm -hmm. uh, one week prior to its big release. So what did we think of it?
0: You'll have to tune in next week after you all get to see it. That's correct. All right. So until next week when we're talking about uh, Aquaman, thank you for listening to the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Uh, You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and lots of other podcasting apps. Uh, Shoot us an email and tell us how awesome you thought Spider-Verse was because you will think it was awesome. Awesome. Anyway, email us to ddkpodcasting at gmail.com. Recommend any other movies or beers for us to try. Uh, Rate us on any of the other previous places at iTunes or whatever. That'd be cool, too. All right. Until next week.
1: Go see a movie.
0: And thanks, everyone.